Episode 23, Cheating Depth and Living to Tell the Tale. Welcome to the Ten Giant Robots podcast. Welcome, I'm PJ welcome. Foley and again. I'm, I'm Ephraim Patel again. I am also PJ Foley. Well, that's like the Liars Club. Wow. What was that? Remember that? Man, Sean yeah. Apple. I'm Sean Apple. I feel ripped off. Um, <laughs> today we are going to talk about something that has touched all our lives. Unfortunately, <laughs> stereoscopic <laughs> rendering, oh, like VD compositing, We're not conversion, maybe. Um, uh, uh, dealing with things that are going to be stereoscopic. It's such a great trend. So stereoscopic, if uh, if you're not in the know, uh, stereo is not uh, referring to audio in this case. It's referring to 3D. And 3D in this case is not referring to 3D graphics in right. terms of computer graphics. Like consumer 3D. It's when you put on the 3D glasses right. and you, you go into the movies. And get a headache. See. Yeah, that's stereo. By the way, I just heard that uh, TV manufacturers are going to start. Rem- they're not. They're not doing stereo TVs anymore. They're really? like, it, it didn't go anywhere. We're not doing this. Oh, yeah. because oh, I got the glasses. Yeah, already. I got six pairs or something. I, I have two, and they're collecting dust. Of course, yeah. everything here is collecting. But but yeah. you don't have a stereo TV. You were just <gasps> oh, that's stereo. Oh, you, uh, and uh, Sean just pointed to his the projector. Sky. <laughs> this guy, this stereo. What stereo? Everything around you is stereo. <laughs> so your projector is stereo. It is. Yeah. Uh, how come uh, you have not invited us over to watch stereo movies? Oh, I know. I should. I know. I know. Because we're about to rip. Does your stereo. screen support stereo? Some screens scatter too much. Oh no, it does a good job. Oh, okay. I have Avatar, and yeah, I'll fire it yeah. up. If you guys want to see it? Yeah, sweet. Mm, yeah. No time soon, though. Sweet. <laughs> so I mean. <laughs> Thank you. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I, like many people, do enjoy the occasional 3D movie, stereo movie, stereo movie. in the theater. I don't bother with it at home. Uh, but you really love working on them. But to work on them is a whole other thing. And um, this topic has come up because we were discussing it earlier. And, and I recently worked on a, a stereo job for about six weeks. What's, but uh, they pay double. They pay per eye. So yeah, that no, they do oh, not. I wish. Yeah. Uh, and it, the job I was doing seemed like it should have been done in one week, but it took six because stereo. Um, and so we thought, let's discuss how stereo has entered our lives and just darkened it a little bit. <laughs> the cloud that hovers over. Well, speaking of clouds, one of the first things uh, I did, uh, I was involved with, did involve like this big dynamic intro sequence uh where we take a roller coaster and a hot air balloon and a race car and a boat and see all the wonderful things that 3d television is going to bring us uh and so all the useful tricks you'd like to do in 3d like cloud on a card or in the distance those start to go away um so we had to volumetrically render 3d clouds for this whole thing left and right eye with software that not necessarily is tweaked for that but um you mean Lightwave? uh well a system within a view within it uh when we were doing this i i don't think i think it was rather a trivial 
thing, but it was a slow render, and it was left and right eye. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think of the last thing, stereo, that I worked on. It's been a little while, but what was the last thing? I well, the VR thing, was that stereo? It was not, but oh, it, okay. it was its own uh, trick, uh, and that camera actually did, you, it had a left and a right eye. You could do stereo conversion with it. This project did not, but um, the thing... It's basically double the work. And on top of the doubling of the work, there are a lot of really specific um, technical issues that you get into that have to do where things sit in that 3D space, in that depth. You know, how far back is it? How far forward is it? There are also other considerations that you have to keep in mind where you're not giving the person a headache because you're forcing their eyes apart, which is called walleye, or crossing their eyes because it's coming too close to them. And the thing that um, the thing that's interesting about that is now there's a lot of rules about that. But the thing that's not calculated into that is every th- projection throw distance is different. You know, there's different screens. I don't know if that calculates into it. I'm assuming the closer you sit versus the further away you sit, there is definitely going to be a sweet spot with 3D. Um, is that true? Is that true? Um, so if you're sitting there, <laughs> there were some guidelines we were working on, and I'm trying to remember what those specifics were. Well, let's um, see if I. We should see if I'm. I might be lying right now, but I thought there was a difference in your experience of the movie based on where you're sitting in the theater. I could be wrong, but. Well, you know, I mean, certainly if you like if you fire up a 3D TV and you've got the glasses and you, uh, you know, take a couple steps in either direction, left or right, you'll see a shifting occur. Right. But you're still if you stop and plant yourself in any place, you'll still get the 3D. The depth will still be there. It's not like you go so far back that I mean, I guess you you go far enough away that you couldn't perceive the the depth at all and it's relying on the parallax that your eyeballs create too so the closer you are to an object because it's an artificial parallax that you're seeing on a screen and it's you know, also it's a predetermined parallax. if you want things to come out beyond the plane of the screen or not it depends on how you can frame you have to kind of lose pixels left right up and down exactly. and that in al- order to have that happen and there are also directorial concerns with that because you can also uh uh Panning is a problem. Is it panning or up and down? It has been a while, but there, there are, there are considerations you have to take into account when you're directing something that's in 3D as well, because the composition changes subtly because you're having to account for things other than you know throwing stuff at the audience, which is the gimmick shit. But so know. much of 3D in terms of you know the shooting or the movie, the movie production, so much of 3D now is it's being shot traditionally. Right. So, uh, and I would imagine virtually no considerations are being uh, given during production to the fact that this is going to be a 3D movie later, other than just knowing that fact. And you're so you're talking about the 2D conversion. 2D conversion. That's I think that 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 makes up 90% of what people see Mm. in terms of uh, 3D in the movies. Right. Right. Actually, I don't. I I remember seeing a, a more than one nightmare kind of scenario shots for that. Speaking of not being considered, um, so the the process is you take what would be sensibly the left eye and you roto out everything that's going to be separated and put it back together so you create a right eye with all the proper parallax. Now, there is software that does this. You don't have to do it 100% by hand. You always 3D track the whole scene and you get sort of this depth map started. You get some parallax separation figured out and you know more or less where to put things um but i saw a shot for that um 
that guinea pig super spy agent movie. Remember those? Mm, I think so. Uh, yeah. yeah. Guinea um, pigs. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. G Force. G Force. That's what it was. G Force. Yeah. yeah, that's just to me that's sacrilege. But that name. But uh, they have uh, like a. This actually might have been Smurfs. I don't know. <laughs> but there's like a display window at a store or something like that. And uh, all the critters were uh, having fun messing around. And someone was on the other side of the glass and uh, looking at them and ha ha ha. So they uh, did manage to do the 3D critters behind the glass. But now you have a sheet of glass in the real world that was in the plate reflecting the front elements oh. the people on the street reflecting things within the show window and um, oh, yeah so now <laughs> it has to be turned into 3d just take the glass out of the yeah if, if there were considerations for shooting this to be converted the glass would have been thought of as cg from the very beginning oh my god because to take that out and put it back and keep reflections looking proper in space or keep them keep them at all and then put back CG critters behind glass that has reflections on front of it. And and that's uh, baked in. That's two I, I, I 2D mean, pieces of footage. That's Yeah, those, you yeah. turned a few seconds of uh, of a film into uh, probably its own film. $100,000 of effort. Right. Well, the, uh, I mean, the CG critters were probably... I mean, because not everything there, there has to... There are mats. Yeah, not, not everything has to be broken out into depth. Like, right, if you've got like six different layers, let's just say between the uh, the the viewer and that window uh and the critters are right on the other side of the window then you could potentially put the reflections from the window and the critters on the same plane mm. right they don't need to be separated and because there's not that much depth there to perceive anyway you've you've well, you're you getting a, value from all the other stuff well if you have if the reflection is in 3D in the window yeah, I don't know. I, I, like that's one of those things where I would actually have to sit and look at it to yeah, see. Yeah, and you have to see how far you can push it, and right. how far the what the parameters are for getting it accepted. Right. But this, you know, it's interesting because I I think the ROI, not not the financial ROI, but the entertainment value, uh, and its relationship to the time that's and I guess the money that's invested in that. For me, it's I enjoy some things about three D movies, but. For the most part, inside of 10 minutes, I forget I'm watching a 3D movie. And for me, I don't know that the value added with 3D is worth all the effort, you know, and to, and we know what the effort is, you know, and that obviously means money, you know, and I just feel like I don't know that that is the I would rather see a development in another part of the technology of cinema, you know, that 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 I felt like had more impact. And maybe we've talked about this before, but. I think a big milestone jump was when we went from stereophonic to uh, THX. That that substantially changed. That immersed you into the sonic volume of a movie. I don't feel like the value add of this is the equivalent of the time invested in it. Right, but I mean, I, you know, how many? I'm sure people are, are are looking for ways to find those other value adds, and it's it's well, it's, also how to sell a big screen versus a TV. Although, yeah, TVs exactly. Didn't. You're trying the, the the challenge is now how to get people out of their homes hmm. to go buy a ticket. You know, deal with parking, deal with getting a babysitter. How about um, what about like story? Ah, uh, yeah, but you can get story at home. We're in the golden and, age of television. In some cases, way better story. Yeah, too. you can yeah. get. There's so much story you can get at home. So it's that, ridiculous. So that goes so back to. So now it's spectacle. I was gonna say, and and yeah, and but even it's interesting because now, like, spectacle is a tricky thing because 
it doesn't necessarily mean bigger, better, faster, because there's a lot of movies that are really loud. Really, you know, on paper, they're spectacle, you know, and on the screen, they're spectacle. There's lots of shit flying around. They're boring because there's more to spectacle than just, you know, quick, loud, fast, I, I whatever. I just want to go to the movies, turn my brain off. But, but you don't, <laughs> though, because, you know, here's the thing. It's like, and I've said this before, and I know this is going to get me in trouble. No Transformer movie needs to be longer than 10 minutes <laughs> because it's it's. It's the same thing for on, two and a half hours. The cartoons are 20 minutes, man. All right. Well, 20 minutes. Then All right. Because I feel like the there's the, now this is just me, but I don't feel like there's enough story to merit all that. Now, I I will totally say that maybe I'm not the demographic for that. Maybe it is. Well, this stuff happens. I mean, things happen. Yeah, I know. Things, and there's lots know, there's of, a, in quotes, spectacle happening. I mean, but the thing is people like... people talking. There are people talking uh, in the mo- those movies. Uh, there's stuff that barely, happens. Barely. If lots, that's there's, not, robots, so, there's lots of robots talking. All right, I, I want to I want to get back maybe Just into to the, the topic. To the nitty or grittier uh, yep. the, dealing with the technology because Ephraim was uh, wrestling with something just recently that uh, even more considerations than what I just said. 3D conversion is its own ball of wax. And then there's limitations within our reality of rendering as well. Okay, so what I was working on, it's um, it's a trailer for a blockbuster movie that will remain unnamed. And um, the so the, it's the title at the end of the trailer. And the trailer is going to go on TV. It's going to go in theater. So it's going to be in, in stereo. And uh, first we had to deliver the, the 2D version to make sure that we got the... Uh, the look right and everything was approved by the client. And, uh, you know, these, the text, uh, was this big reflective, uh, metallic, very crisp beveled text, uh, that was doing a fly in not really groundbreaking stuff, but when, you know, you're delivering these 4k shots, um, you know, and you're rendering out the stuff from, from Maya or whatever, you know, you got to make sure that the, Everything is as perfect as you can get it, right? The deliverables are airtight. Yeah, they're saying. super, yeah. super tight. And I come from the world of visual effects. I'm used to things. Uh, there, there being allowances for a certain amount of um, uh, or, organic, uh, uh, you know, imperfections. Mm. In fact, if something's too perfect, you're trying to dumb it down with the motion blur or depth of field or whatever. You're trying to match a plate. Um, but this is like uber right. perfect crisp full windex treatment so that was a challenge in and of itself and once we got that approved it was like okay now we're going to do the 3d version and uh the fellow i was working with the stereo guy he wanted to do left and right eyes he wanted to do proper stereo right and so that meant rendering um extra wings on the left and the right side of the frame so it's a wider frame uh to allow for uh the extra information that you need for stereo fine it was two layers of text, a top and a bottom layer, and they overlapped a little bit during the fly-in. Mm-hmm. So we got to break those out. Now we've got to do a top layer and a bottom layer of text. So now you've got top and bottom, left and right. So you've got four things you're juggling right now. Yeah, and each of these have a number of passes, mm-hmm. right? Um, we tried to keep it as few passes as possible, but you've got you know your vector pass for motion blur. You've got your uh, Z-depth pass for depth of field blur. And then you've got you know maybe five passes to rebuild your beauty if you needed to well it turns out that we needed to and so all these passes were were requisite and and um this thing just started to get really hefty in terms of rendering and managing files but anyway uh the thing that we came up against that was unexpected for me anyway 
is when you've got a left eye and a right eye and you've got uh, renders that have reflections or any kind of specular hit, those are naturally going to land in a slightly different place in a slightly different way depending on which eye you're looking through. And by the way, if you're, if just to throw this out there, if you are not knee deep in stereo, simply do this test. Um, uh, Close one eye and, and keep the other one open. Now switch those and look at something. I guess you, the closer up, you're going to see it. But you'll actually see the position of things move. Yeah. If, and you're, that, if you're looking in a mirror at a reflection and you and you 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 tilt your head slightly, you know, an eye, like half a foot from one side to the other, you just kind of rock back and forth. You'll see the reflection move and and shift. Or right? even if you look at something up close, if I close my left eye the cord is on this side of the plug, and if I do this, it's right in front of the plug. That is physically in a different space. Yeah, you've so, got two cameras that are in two different positions looking at the same object that are getting slightly different vantage points on that object, which is great. That's how you get the 3D effect. But you do have this difference in reflective surfaces right. that is problematic because when two things are reflecting slightly differently and you put them together into a stereo image... Um, it, you are creating a false uh, effect where that reflection now seems to be pushing out and sort of coming coming towards you when it shouldn't be. It should be laying flat on the object, right? right? And now this thing is popping out towards you, and that's a problem. Um, the stereo guy was like, no, 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 that, they're going to call us out on that. That will get kicked back, and that's going to be a problem. And I'm like, okay, well... Didn't you see this coming? Right. Didn't you know when we broke out the left eye and the right eye and it's reflective that this was going to happen? Right. Okay, now what? And he's like, well, uh, we have a few options. We <clears throat> we can do a conversion, but I don't want to do a Is this guy conversion. like 75 years old? Or Let's just assume he's 75. <laughs> okay. Um, no, no. He's I a, say that like that's my parents' age and they don't talk like he's that. He's a super nice guy. He's, he's very meticulous, that. so he's good at this job, but it's also it was like six weeks doing this goddamn title. Um, <laughs> and, and so... Uh, so one of the options was to just render out a center eye. So it's right in the center, and uh, and uh, we would do a conversion. Basically, it's a it's a way to to cheat depth without doing a left eye and a right eye. You you render out a ramp. Uh, your text is uh, white in the front and black in the back, so you understand the depth of the text, and you can use that in in After Effects to kind of create a fake displaced depth and and we spent a few days working on that and we looked at it on the screen i'm like that looks great right that looks i mean it's not it's i know it's not a left eye and a right eye but it looks great and the end result is the same and there's no problem with reflections because it's just one one image from the center right no problems but we ended up not going with that we ended up doing this Mm. other hackaroo which is way more complicated uh, we'd broken out the the image into six different layers, you know, uh, a diffuse, a uh, specular layer, a reflection layer, and all, you know all these things. You can mix them back together to get back to your final look. Uh, and so, since the reflection layer and the specular layer were the two problems, we then rendered them from the center camera, and then projected them back onto the text. That's insane. And then use the left eye camera and the right eye camera to re-record those passes projected onto the text 
and then rebuilt our our beauty comp from it was just a and what, nightmare. And what was the difference between that and the other simpler solution? Well, in well, terms of visually, once once all the, all of this was then cooked down into our our three D thing that we could throw up on the screen, and all of this was a long process. So we get it up there and and throw on the three D glasses, and it looked good. It looked maybe. I don't know, 8% better than the converted one? Here's my question for yeah. you. So it's at the end of the movie? So when well, It's I'm, at the end of the trailer for the movie. So, okay, so when I'm not paying attention to that... Yeah. But it is like, oh my God, all that time, nobody cares, you know? I mean, it's a sexy-looking, you know, logo right. at the end of a sexy trailer. It's gonna... it's You know, people are gonna be probably cheering when they see the logo... In the sexy music comes it's, up because it's there. Oh, I love that. Like, oh that, man, that, yeah, that, it's, that it's, movie. It's whatever. exciting. So that right. moment should should really play. work. It right. should play. But right. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm sure the client would have been psyched with the converted version. Right. And he admitted to me, he's like, Well, this is how most things are done with conversion. I'm like, Why? Why are we not? Doing <laughs> because blazing new ground and blazing new ground and I'm not even blazing new ground. He just wanted it to be as good as possible for this client. And that's I, and the I get it. See, that's the difference for me. If the if the end result is negligible, the difference between the two methodologies, to me that matters if you're building a rocket. Like mm. like I think SpaceX should probably do the long route. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I th- I think they should do all the math on the page. <laughs> this is just trying to fool you. It's a magic trick. Right. So once right. the well, trick has been achieved, you're done. But I mean, go home. You know, to 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 be fair, I I don't have the eye for. Th- for 3D for stereo the way that he That's does. That's the problem. You need two eyes. Oh, oh, bringing one eye to I the kept wearing the eye patch. That was the problem. I, you know. Uh, now so you know. So the he more could you know. see. He could see more into and you know and what was bothering him and how why how he wanted to do it this this proper way. So I I have no problem with that and I was happy to have the job. Right. Exactly. As mind numbing as it was for six weeks, <laughs> I was happy to have six it. Six weeks. And it was, you know, it's it's all cool and all that. But it did make me realize how much I don't uh, want to work in stereo. <laughs> it made you it made you remember that you don't have enough ammunition in the safe at home. All right. <laughs> so, so in summary, uh, our takeaways are what are some good uses of 3D, your favorite experiences in 3D? Oh, without a doubt. My favorite experience in 3D thus far has been Avatar. Uh, because if anyone knows how to do it and do it right, it's James Cameron. He, the man is a perfectionist, and as, as difficult as that might be to work with, uh, it's a joy to see what he comes up with. It's not, uh, you know, his his movies aren't flawless, but uh, the 3D was flawless, and it was incredible. I saw it four times at the Arclight in 3D, and then the fifth time I saw it in IMAX at uh at CityWalk and the fifth and that fifth time blew me away even though hmm. I'd seen it four times already I was like holy smokes and 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 this was not one where I, you know 20 minutes in I forgot it was 3D I was well, aware of it the whole time He's also he not only is he a master storyteller he's a master at technology he yeah. really un- he gets psychologically what the technology is about and, and not just how to do it but like why to do it right. and and how to do it effectively for right. a very cinematic purpose so uh, for, for you, so uh, so mine actually might be surprising. Uh, uh, I think the best use of this technology is in uh, rides. Mm. Um, and uh, over the summer last year, I went to um, met some friends at Universal and did the Harry Potter experience there. Mm. And um, most of the rides, or I should say, most of a lot of the rides uh, at Universal Studios have a 3D component. There's a lot of IMAX projections now happening. 
Uh, in the case of the Transformers, it was all almost all that some set, some real life sets that the car moves around in. Uh, Harry Potter was a nice mix of practicals and the 3D, you know, the 3D film experience. And I really felt like that 3D, because you also have motion, the, the car that you're in is tilting and it's on mechanical whatevers, you know. And so for me, that really does help to complete that experience and really bring that 3D to life. And I think the other half of that piece of thinking is it feels more productive for me as a uh, as a ride experience, mm. you know. Uh, although Avatar, I think, is a terrific example of 3D, use of 3D as just pure cinema. So. Right. Captain EO, man. Oh, yeah. That um, was one of the early, early. <laughs> yeah, I, I did hear uh, a guy uh, representing Sony saying, uh, yeah, there's two ways to do 3D. There's the right way and the way Jim Cameron does it. But it was mostly... What's fact, that mean? Well, it's it was just a, comes down to a technical thing and it, it the truth is there is no right or wrong um and and i think yeah jim cameron obviously did did fine and dandy with the 3d uh, a couple experiences that were my favorite were uh gravity um yeah mm. i agree mad I agree. max was a, a conversion which was pretty fun in 3d <laughs> uh just because i also saw it in laser imax mm. and um what it was had good 3d despite the movie Gotta say it, Prometheus. Oh, oh ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah. So oh, all the stupid suck uh, yeah. can look like it'll it's right in your face. Yeah. It feels like it can reach out and. But it did wow, look cool. This story is twice as dumb in stereo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and on that, I think we have reached the end of our podcast. Well, thanks for listening to another episode. Thank you, and we brought this to you in three person D. True. Oh. <laughs> Ten Giant Robots is created and distributed by the Ten Giant Robots Radio Network in beautiful downtown Burbank, California. Our theme music was created by the incredibly talented Shane Knight. Follow us on Twitter at Ten Giant Robots or at TenGiantRobots.com.